This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Good to see you here. I bless you if your guests were honored to have you. If you're a regular, I'm glad you're here too. So if you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high and once you get the Bible, our ushers will get you one. Go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 3 is where we'll begin. Actually, we'll begin in Proverbs this morning. We'll ultimately end there. Proverbs chapter 3 is where you're going. And I welcome all of you here. Bless you, bless you, bless you good. If you're here for the baptism, we'll roll with that after the service. So we begin here this morning again our series on Wake Up, and I believe it'll speak to you today. You know, throughout... History, mankind has always been on a search for something. And that may describe you today. You know, sometimes we're on a search for, for riches, sometimes fame. Some of you may be on a search for a spouse. The Lord bless you. But I, I ask you this question. Have you ever been a search for God? Not, not just to know about God, but to actually know God. Just an incredible search that you can have. And maybe you didn't know this, but God himself is on a search. And in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says that his eyes go to and fro across the earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those who have a loyal heart to him. God is looking for a loyal heart. He said in 1 Samuel 13, he said, I look for a man after my own heart. So God himself is on a search at times too. And so is my heart loyal to God? Do I have have a desire to have a heart like God has? And that's not talking about you're never going to be perfect. But I love what God loves and I hate what God hates. So we begin here in in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1. My son, do not forget my law. Don't, Don't forget my teachings. Now, I I personally believe the greatest responsibility of the church is to teach the Word of God. Without that responsibility, we don't do very well. And so he says, don't don't let go of my, my law, but let what? Let your heart keep my commands. Store the Lord's commands in my heart. I got to get the word of God in my heart. Not up here, but in here. Now, I want you to see the result when this happens in verse 2. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Anybody in here like length of days? Long life? And then he said peace. The peace of God here is within the word of God that when I get the word of God in my heart, it's going to bring a peace. And when I talk about peace, peace doesn't mean there isn't no turbulence. Peace doesn't mean there's not chaos. There can be peace in the middle of chaos. So, something on the inside of me, it, it, it is a peace. And the, the older I get, the more I treasure the peace of God. In Romans 14, 17, it said the kingdom of God Is not in eating and drinking, but it's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when he talks about peace, man, the peace of God is incredible. 
but it's within the word of God is, is what he said here. Same chapter, verse five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not a little bit of your heart, not a little dab will do you, but entirely, completely, without reservation. And lean not onto your own understanding. Don't, don't look to your opinions. Don't look to your abilities and your talents because your own understanding won't support you. In other words, me and you, we're not that smart. I hate to break your heart with that statement. Especially in comparison to God and his word. Verse six, in all your ways, and that word ways right there means a road, a course, a mode. Acknowledge him. The word acknowledge here is to know him by observation, to know him by investigation, to know him by reflection. So it goes back to even what I stated. See, many, many times we know about God, but we don't know God. And so he said, to, to actually acknowledge him, and when I acknowledge him, it says, he will direct my steps. He will make straight and right. God, God will straighten out the steps of the devoted ones when I live for him. Same chapter, verse 11. My son, do not spies the chastening of the Lord. Now, that word chastening can mean reproval. It can also have the meaning of rebuke. And, and it's interesting here, he says, don't despise those days. Don't reject those days. And he goes on to say, nor detest his correction. And so when we study the, 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 the detesting of his correction, without that, I never grow. I mean, you think when you're growing up, and this is the analogy he'll end up giving in the word of God, that's part of training your children is correction. Do I correct them because I hate them? No, I correct them because I love them. And so, you know, you think about this terms right here that your, your child is on their bicycle and you give them the commands of your house and you let them know, listen, Junior, you don't ride your bike in the street, okay? And the next day you go outside and they're riding their bike in the street. Does your level of correction go to another level? Absolutely. Your voice changes. Get out of the street. So am I harsh in that? No. That's the love of God. And so he goes on to say, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as the fathers and the son in whom he delights. And so when God corrects us, it proves his love toward us. I, I love you this much that I don't want you going in that direction. Go with me into the Old Testament to 2 Chronicles 25. 2 Chronicles chapter 25. And so as you're turning there today, you'll go to the king, the Samuels, the Kings, and then the Chronicles. You're going to 2 Chronicles 25. In your life, are, are you coachable or uncoachable? And, and what I mean by coachable or uncoachable 
If I'm coachable, that means I welcome the Bible. I welcome the word of God. In other words, to be coachable, I got to stay with the game plan. The Bible is God's game plan. That's the standard. I, I base my life off of and I believe that's important that every one of us base our life off the same thing. But many times in our life, we get over to a thing called selective hearing where I, I only hear what I want to hear. And so before long, if we're not careful, we mix error with the truth. I'll take a little bit of error and a little bit of truth. And before long, I, I like living more by my opinions than the word of God. So this passage will we'll really begin to dig into this, okay? Second Chronicles 25, verse 1. Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehadon of Jerusalem. And Amaziah did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Now, anytime you get into the Samuels, the Kings, or the Chronicles, it will begin to list these kings, and it will say this. They either did what was right in the sight of the Lord, or they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. It says right here, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. So immediately, it's almost like, I want to give him a standing ovation. Way to go. That's awesome. But we got to keep reading verse 2. But not with a loyal heart. Not with a loyal heart. A whole heart. So within this statement right here, the chronicler here, he begins to give us insight that this guy who's the king, he's got some character flaws. He's got some issues within him. And so when I read this, the question arises to me and you. When it comes to me, when it comes to you, do you serve God with a loyal heart or not with a loyal heart? In other words, am I all in or am I just half-hearted, three-quarters hearted? See, it's a good question. Where, where are you at today? Does, does God have all my heart or just a part of my heart? Here's another way of looking at it. Does God have my heart just on Sundays? And then I revert back to the old way on Mondays. So we begin to see something in here that I believe the Lord wants us to learn about my, my devotion to God. Verse five. Moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and this is where he was the king of. The, the nation of Israel was divided that time. Northern Israel was Israel. Southern Israel was Judah. So he gathered together and he said over them, captains of thousands, captains of hundred, according to their father's house, through all of Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from 25 years old and above, found them to be 300,000 choice men, able to go to war, who could handle spear and shield. Now, when you read this, you could look and say, that's impressive. He's built this incredible, incredible army. So in my life and your life, you may build something that, that's incredible. But when I read within here, I believe the Bible is giving us a warning right here that when you do incredible things, if you're not careful, it becomes a problem. 
And why does it become a problem? Instead of giving God the glory, it's almost like we should sing, lift me higher. Look at how important I am. So you begin to see a little bit of his character flaws. Verse 6. He also hired 120,000 men of valor from Israel for 100 talents of silver. Now when you look at what he does, he hires these other soldiers from Israel. And it appears to be good. But we got to keep reading here and see what else he says. But a man of God. Now you may highlight that right there. But a man of God, a woman of God. When you have the title of a man of God or a woman of God, you don't give yourself that title, okay? That's the way other people define you. That's the other way people look at you. And so a man of God came to him saying, O king, do not let the army of Israel go with you, for the Lord is not with Israel, nor with any of the children of Ephraim. Now we got a problem. So if you were to divide up the nation of Israel, it was made up of, of the 12 tribes of Israel, which would cover the entire nation of Israel. But in this sense, it specifically mentions don't have anything to do with this tribe of Ephraim. Now, when I begin to study the tribe of Ephraim, the problem was, is they were a bunch of idol worships and they got into crazy sexual sin. But when you read and study the Bible, these are people that are in covenant with God. This, this is the northern part of Israel is where they were at. So you look off of this, were they in covenant with God by name only? And so that could be for me and you, that I'm a Christian in name. I, I like the blessings of God. I like the thought of salvation with God, but I really don't want to live for God. So we begin to see something that begins to play out right now. So they give him this warning. Verse 8. But the man of God said, if you go, be gone. In other words, if you want to disobey my warnings, go ahead and do it. You can do that. Be strong in battle. Even so, God shall make you fall before the enemy for God has power to help and God has power to over the flow. In reading this right here, let me ask you a question. Is there anybody in your life right now that can tell you no? Or you look and say, no, I won't listen to anybody. See what happens with that statement right there. If we don't accept godly counsel, then that means we start living by our own opinions and our own ways. And when we begin to do that, one of two things will happen for every one of us in this room. You'll either learn the hard way or you'll learn by wisdom by people speaking into your life. Has anybody in here ever learned the hard way? I prefer listen to wisdom, godly counsel. So when I talk about godly counsel, that's people that will tell you what the Bible says in this area. So 
I, I go back a number of years ago and I had a man wanted to meet with me and he comes to my office and he tells me what he's getting ready to do in life and he said, what do you think of that? And I said, you want me to tell the truth or lie? He said, tell me the truth. And I quoted biblically what he was going to do. And I said, you're wrong. In the Bible, I can show you you're wrong. So the counsel I gave him was the biblical truth of the word of God. And when it comes to the biblical truth of the word of God, you got two options. You receive it or you reject it. So I looked at him and I said, you can do whatever you want. But I'm telling you right now, if you disobey the counsel of the scriptures that I just gave you, you're going to regret it. It's not going to be good. So you know what he did? Exactly what I told him the Bible said don't do. Three years later, almost to the day, he shows up and he looks at me and he said, you were right. I said, I wasn't right. I said, the scriptures were right. When you choose to disobey what God says in the Bible, I don't care who you are, you better get ready. So this is what's happening to Amaziah. So let me ask you a question of this. Do you listen? Do you hear? Do you heed? Because the word heed doesn't mean just to listen. The word heed actually has the meaning, I listen and I obey. But many times in our life, we become so prideful and we become stubborn that we're like, I'm not going to listen. So this is what's going on right here. So he says here, for God has power to help and God has power to overthrow. In other words, God will help you or God will watch you trip up. Verse 9. Then I am Isaiah said to the man of God. But what shall we do about the hundred talents which I've given to the troops of Israel? Now his greatest concern is, what about the money? You begin to see something else within him right here. That he is concerned about the money. Was money a, a, a source of pride with him? And so money must never stand in the way of making a right decision. When I base what I'm going to do off of money, money's become my idol. And he ends verse 9 and he says, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. In other words, God doesn't need the devil's help to bless you. God can bless you. Verse 10. So Amaziah discharged the troops that had come from him from Ephraim. He obeyed. He listened. To go back home. Therefore their anger was greatly aroused against Judah. And they returned home in great anger. Then Amaziah strengthened himself in leading the people. He went to the valley of salt till 10,000 people of Seir. Also the children of Judah took captive 10,000 alive. Brought them to the top of the rock. And cast them down from the top of the rock. So they are all dashed into pieces. So he listens to God. And God begins to move. Verse 13, but as for the soldiers of the army from which Amaziah discharged, the Ephraimites, 
so that they would not go with him to battle, they raided the cities of Judah from Samaria to Beth Orn, killed 3,000 in them, and they took much spoil. So he discharges them from their army. On their way back to the northern part of Israel, they raid the cities of Judah. They go after them. Now watch verse 14. Now it was so after Amaziah came from the slaughter of the Edomites that he brought the gods of the people of Seir, set them up to be his gods, bowed down before them and burned incense to them. So he comes back from this great, great victory. And I, I have to read this several times when I'm studying. Instead of giving God the glory for his victories, he brings back these idols from the foes that he just defeated. And he sets them up to worship them as his gods. And it says, he bowed down before them and he burned incense and he sacrificed to these crazy gods. And so you begin to look and think, how can this happen? How can he go from not giving God the glory to being an idol worshiper himself? Now, you can do this, but what, what takes place in this verse? Verse 15, therefore the anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah. You think? I mean, you, you, you get this, okay? Does he actually believe that God is going to applaud him? Do you, does he actually think that I've got all these false gods, these false idols, and God's going to be okay with it? Again, we go back that, that our God is a God who looks for a loyal heart. And a loyal heart is one that is completely his, that says, I'm all in. So the anger of the Lord is aroused. Why have you sought the gods of the people which could not rescue their own people from your hand? And so what he's saying here is the stark truth about idolatry is it's insanity. And it's like he's saying, wake up, wake up. So when confronted here and rebuked even, does he repent or does he reject the things that the, the man of God is saying to him? See, that's the case for every one of us in here. When we get off track, God will correct you or God will send people that will say, hey, you're way off track. But when he sends people, does it make you mad? Do you look at him and say, I don't want to listen? So now we've become people with selective hearing. He goes on to say, verse number 16. So it was as he talked with him, the man of God talked with him, that the king said to him, have we made you the king's counselor? Better stated here, Amaziah interrupts the prophet and he said, did I ask for your opinion? And look at the very next word the Bible says, cease. You know what that means? Shut up. So the man of God is trying to speak into his life and this king named Amaziah, who we see got way off track, he stiff arms the man of God. 
He doesn't want to hear what God has to say. And so watch how verse number 15 or 16 ends here. Why should you be killed? You want to die? Then the prophet ceased and said, now listen to this real closely. I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not heeded my advice. You know what I believe this is? I believe this is pride. When you put your arm out and say, I'm not going to listen. I don't want to hear the truth. I would rather have my opinion than listen to what you have to say. Now, when I read this, I have to put myself in this position. Do I heed the things of God? Do I welcome the thing? Or do I stiff arm? So what we see here is just a few verses before this, this is the same man who once listened but has now quit listening. And the solemn verdict that the man of God said to him, he said, you're doomed. You're doomed to destruction because you won't listen. And so somewhere along the way, Amaziah's fascination with the Edomite idols closed his ears to the truth. He quit listening. He stopped measuring his actions against the precepts of God's word. This is what God's word said, but this is what my life looks like. Dangerous, okay? Verse 17. Now Amaziah, the king of Judah, asked advice. Sounds good. But he didn't want godly counsel. He got his own advisors. He got a group of people around him that began to tell him what he wanted to hear instead of what he needed to hear. Keep reading, verse 17. And he sent to Joash, the son of Jehoaz, the son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, come let us fight one another in a battle. So you begin to get a little bit. Amaziah's the king of Judah. Jehu's the king of Israel. What Amaziah does, he picks a fight with the king of Israel. He's coming off of this great battle that he's won. And what takes place here is he has the thought, I can live however I want and God's still going to bless me. I can live however I want and God's going to protect me. Do you know the wages of sin is death? In other words, there's consequences for my actions. Verse 18. So Joaz, king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, the thistle that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, give your daughter to my son as a wife. And a wild beast that was in Lebanon passed by, and he trampled the thistle. There's some crazy thinking in there. So what it's talking about, they are all under the covenant of Israel. Every one of them. The thistle was Amaziah and Judah. The big cedar was Jehu and Israel. And so what it meant here when it said they would be trampled, there was a warning from the Lord to Amaziah and say, don't do it, buddy. You're getting ready to get wiped out. Actually, when I read verse 18, it's literally saying, back off. 
Stop. Why? Verse 19. Indeed, you say that you've defeated the Edomites and your heart is lifted up to boast. Stay at home now. Why should you meddle with trouble that you should fall, you and Judah with you? So literally what he's saying here, you think you're a big shot. You've, you've gotten a little bit too big for your britches here. And part of that was he's so prideful and arrogant, but he still has the thought, I can live however I want and God's gonna bless me. God's gonna protect me. Verse 20. But Amaziah would not heed, for it came from God that he might give them into the hand of the enemies because they sought the gods of Edom. Think about his words in verse eight. God has the power to help you or God has the power to cast you down. Now where is that biblically? First Peter five, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. When you talk about being prideful or arrogant, pride goes before the fall. This became a warning to him and so I want to go back just for a second and let you think about this. This is what happens when we quit hearing the truth. This is what happens when we quit allowing godly people to speak into our life in a loving way. I don't care who you are. When I got born again, I had a guy, this dude was, I think he was half animal. He just crazy features about him. Back in those days, they still run the 100 yards. They didn't run the 100 meters. This guy ran 10 flat in the 100 yards. And he threw the shot put over 54 feet. I mean, just, just incredible. And so he would come around me and he would look at me and he'd say, do you know the Bible says this? You can't be doing that anymore. And he would correct me. And you know what? At times I didn't like it. But two things is what moved me. Number one, he'd correct me out of love. He knew, you need to hear this. And number two, I think he knew I couldn't whip him unless I picked up a bat. Now, I'm, I'm capable of picking up a bat. I'm going to tell you that right now. I've had people that have spoken into my life. And when I go back and I look at those, I treasure those days. You can't do that. That's not what God would want nor desire for you. So we begin to look at what takes place. Amaziah doesn't heed it. He doesn't listen to the warning. And so guess what? He goes to battle against Jehu and Israel and he gets his tail kicked. And not only that, he's captured. They take him. But I want you to look at one last verse, verse 27. After that time, Amaziah turned away from following the Lord. You know what this means? He never came back to God. He kept stiff-arming God. And it says, they made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem. And he fled to Lachish, but they sent after him to Lachish and they killed him there. He was ultimately assassinated. 
and we go all the way back to this is what happens when we quit hearing. When we quit listening to godly counsel. In Revelations 2 and 3, the Lord Jesus himself, he wrote to seven different churches and you can go back and you look at every church. He ended with the same phrase and he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So the question in every one of them wasn't if you have ears, it's if you have ears to hear. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I can look across here, and on every one of your heads, you got two ears. Some of you's ears are a little bigger than others. So the question isn't, do I have ears? The question is, do I heed? Do I listen? And isn't it interesting, the Lord Jesus says, to those who will listen and hear and heed, I make you overcomers. Last verse, Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs 12. It's an incredible passage here. Verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. The way of a fool. So is he saying here, the way of a fool is a person that is, is very opinionated? The way of a fool is a person who's headstrong. The way of a fool is one who says, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear the Bible, and I don't want to hear what godly people are speaking. I don't want to hear it. And it's interesting, he calls that the way of a fool. Now, you can do your own thing, but again, he labels that a fool. And then he ends in verse 12, and he says, or verse 15, but he who heeds counsel is wise. There's that word heed again. He who heeds counsel is wise. Who has the power in your life right now to speak into your life? Is there anyone can tell you no? Is there anyone that can tell you you're going in the wrong direction? I had a lady right there on Tuesday night at prayer. She said, I got here early. She said, I got to ask you a question. She's single and this guy's wanting to date her. She told me a little history of the guy and she said, what do you think? My favorite response is, you want me to tell the truth or you want me to lie? She said, tell me the truth. I said, you can... You can have a relationship with them, but God won't bless it. Don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. I said, what you're telling me is that guy's an unbeliever. And I said, he may be a great person. He may be a law-abiding citizen, but God said, don't do it. And I said, you don't have to listen. But if you don't want to listen, you're going to learn the hard way. And I'm not throwing stones in here, but how many of us know people that have broken that, that scripture? 
They, they married, they got unequally yoked with an unbeliever and they went in and said, you know what, I'm gonna marry him and the goodness of God is gonna change him and there's a knot at the end of the knot. It's not gonna happen. And I don't say that ugly toward people, but there is protection confined within the word of God. And so when that begins to happen, when someone tells you what the B-I-B-L-E says to you, you either receive it or you reject it. And if I reject it, I'm a fool. And if I receive it, the Bible makes me brilliant. I'm wise. Well, about a third of the people clapped. And the other two thirds said, oh me. Why don't you stand up here? See, I begin to drop down some things that just may speak to you right now. Maybe you're like Amaziah. You've disobeyed the things of God, but you still want God to bless you. I want you to bless me, God. Bless me. I don't want to live for you. I want to do my own thing. But I want you to bless me. How about this? Why don't you bow your head? Close your eyes right there. How well do I do with the word heed? Am I open to the correction of the Lord? Am I open to the correction of the Bible? Am I coachable? Am I uncoachable? Am I half-hearted or am I whole-hearted? Or am I just a little dabble do me hearted? See, think about the words. God's looking for a loyal heart. You know what that means? Not perfect, but it looks, it means I'm all in, Father God. I'm gonna serve you to the best of my ability and when I blow it and I've blown it, I repent and I come back before you and I come back to the things of heaven. And so if you're here this morning and, and I believe the Lord's dealing with your heart because he's dealt with my heart in this area all week. Maybe I need to come before the Lord today. Just with every, every head bowed and every eye closed. Let me, let me ask you this. Have you given Jesus your heart? Have you asked Jesus to come in and be Lord of your life? And sometimes because of this thing called life, we get off track in that. And sometimes we just really, really, really need to ask Jesus to come back in where we reconnect with him. Or say, Lord, I, I got to have you today. I got to have you. I need you today. And, and so if you're here today and that's you, I, I welcome you right now. I open up these altars to say, and God's tugging at you. That's not, that's not me. That's not us. That's God. He said, I just want your heart. Is there anybody in here like that? I need to give my heart to Jesus. But what about half-hearted right now? I believe Jesus is one to elevate some things in here with us where we come before God and we say, Father God, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry the areas of my life that I hadn't been all in. I'm, I'm sorry. 
that I'm prideful. I'm sorry that I'm greedy. I'm, I'm sorry. And all this is, guys, is saying, I, I need to reconnect to God here this morning because I don't want to live in like Amaziah. And so as our team gets ready, but man, I just welcome you to come down here and say, Father God, I need a fresh anointing today. If that's you, come on. Go ahead, guys. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.